Hey everybody, welcome to MindRise. I am your host, Ian Philo. This podcast is designed to help find solutions to everyday mental blocks. Its goal is to provide you with the tools to rise and break through your own barriers. In the game of life, we can be our own worst enemies. I created this podcast in response to my own battles with my mind. Instead of sinking further down, join me to commit to a more positive perception of ourselves and those around us. Thank you guys for joining me on another episode of the Mind Rise podcast. Today I have with me my friend from high school, back throwback to 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 Berea Mid Park High School, class of 2014. We were in Miss Laura's art class together. Good times. So I'm bringing Z on today um, because he's not only one of my good friends from from the past and still now, um, because I wanted to kind of give you guys a glimpse in his life and have him talk about his career choices and the path that he's taken in life that has kind of gone against the grain of what his culture and his parents initially thought he would be doing and, and just speaking on how admirable it is to to be going to school and graduate and become aligned with something that is that you're so passionate about to the point where you don't care if the, if the mass crowd's following you along the way, which is why I obviously align with that myself because of what I went to school for. So I just want to give him a round of applause for sticking it out and going to school for what he what he went for, and I'll have him uh, tell you guys a story on. on uh, he can even give a little short bio and, and, and what, he's, what he's doing with his life. So here's Z. Hey, thank, thank you, everybody. Uh, yeah, so like, Ian's one of my one of my closest friends. Yeah. Like, we've uh, 20, 2013, 2014, when the merger was, I was at Berea High, he was at Mid Park High, so the merge kind of happened. And we were in art class together. Um, and then one thing, you know, kind of hit it off. We had a lot of things in common, a lot of comic book things, but also a lot of life things, you know? And so, so we just kind of had a really strong brotherhood over the years. Um, and, you know, now we're here. Uh, you know, time has definitely flight if you can't see by my head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, balding hits like a bitch, bro. Um, but, you know, you can grow a beard, you know. So it's, it's, it's fun, so. And a lot of people say that, you know, I'm growing out the crazy of beard. So we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of my career path, uh, you know, anybody who's Pakistani slash South Asian, Indian, Bengali, whatever, um, just that continent, or even Asia in general, you know, tiger parenting is the de facto way of parenting. You know, kind of being really strict on your kids, kind of viewing your kids in roles. So, like, you're the child, you have to adhere to my way, even if I'm wrong. To me, you know, maybe I'm just a rebel, but I never, if, if there's something that pisses me off, and you know this about me, and if there's something that pisses me off, I'm going to I'm gonna speak my truth to yeah. hell with everybody else. Um, and that's kind of gotten me where I'm at right now. So, you know, growing up, like, in high school, I was, you know, very timid and very shy. And um, even not even about, like, my family, but just, like, in school with my peers. I don't think I honestly can name 10 friends I had in high school um, because I just didn't really interact with a lot of people on that level. It was always surface level, um, you know, hi, how are you, but never anything that deep. That's why I appreciate you so much. Yeah, dude. No, it's um, that people are fake in high school, and they're still fake. It's hard to find people that care. I was just talking to Delaney the other day. Like, 
and this obviously isn't everybody, but we were just having a light conversation about, you know, like, you know how, like, sometimes it's hard to share your vulnerabilities and open up to people, because you know how many people, like, you, like, get really real with and open up and share your insecurities, and they'll be like, oh, oh, that's hard, oh, and then move on, like, oh, I'm sorry, that sucks, and then move on, it's like, do you have an ounce of empathy in your body, like, <laughs> Yeah, and that's why and that's why I'm so glad that you know that that you you know a little bit about psychology because there's just so many people that are just like so emotionally immature and like yeah. and they or they don't know how to like handle other people's emotions and there's right. just this inherently selfish behavior it's like well you know I don't really give a crap if you're suffering through something you know I'm just going to go on with my day have a beer and play some Fortnite like yeah 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 man I mean it's it's, it's, you know, especially studying this field, being a part of this field, writing papers in this field, you know, you really just kind of understand how it's not just the mind, but also the culture around you, how it is. And, you know, at the end of the day, there is a primal instinct of dominance. So, of course, like, you remember Kenny, Kenny Clicka? Yeah. 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 Hell, hell yeah, I took on him all the time. But it wasn't like bullying. It wasn't malicious. It would be, he would talk smack. I would talk smack. we go back and forth. Um, you know, it, it was always like that. It was, you know, there's an element of, you know, dominance. Or that's just humans being, you know, humans, I suppose. But I think in terms of empathy, I mean, you know, there is a difference between cracking jokes and being malicious. And, you know, I think that if you know, you know, if there's something particular about a person that really hurts them, using that to hurt them shows more about you than it does about their insecurities or whatever you call it. So I think that that's important. In terms of emotional immaturity, listen, I know people who are 30 plus who are emotionally immature, um, yeah. who, who feel entitled that they're right just because they're older and without looking at the actual, you know, uh, actions that they're holding. You know, like I have, you know, you know, Harris is my youngest brother, you know, he's turning 12 or 13. You know, there'll be times where, you know, I'm on, you know, I'm acting unreasonable or I'm, you know, just being petty for no reason. And I'll just screw his day over, like, you know, like, I, I brought the PS4 over for my apartment. So there'll be days sometimes he's just pissing me off for something stupid, him being a kid, and I'll be like, okay, no PS4, when it really isn't that serious. Uh, but every time, like, after that, I always, you know, apologize, I'm like, yo, I was wrong, and I'm proud of you for not, you know, um, caving in to me just because I'm older than you. Yeah. You know, like, authority, respecting authority just because they're there, you know, you can't change anything. You, you know, and I think that, that that's wrong, and I feel like I'm very proud of my youngest brother for for being, you know, quote-unquote problematic, even though I don't view him like that. Um, yeah, for those, I, for I'm, those of you I'm that proud don't... Of him for, huh? Yeah, for the, I was going to say, I don't know if we told the, the listeners, for those of you that don't know, Z went to college, or I guess you're done now for what, psychology, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I did my undergrad at Cleveland State uh, in uh, Bachelor of Arts, and psych, uh, I want to say a couple of 2018. Um, and then yesterday, I finished grad school. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I have my master's of science. I have a year of internship left being a full-time school psychologist, which if anybody who doesn't know, uh, I'm the one who assesses if your child needs special education services. I'm the one who determines if your child needs any social emotional counseling. And I'm the one who determines if your child may need any accommodations, cultural accommodations, language learning, all the needs of a child in terms of his or her emotional, physical health, as well as academics. I kind of oversee all of that. 
and a co-joint effort with administration and teachers and things of that nature. But typically when it comes to tests and assessments and mental health, I'm the guy. Yeah. Um, so I, I've kind of studied all that. And so I have a year of internship left. Um, I'm going to now, after, you know, this time next year, I'll have my education specialist degree. Um, I thought I wanted to get into, uh, you know, my PhD, um, you know, and to kind of get a PhD in that. But there's an element of me where it's like I'm kind of, I kind of want to actually experience life. Yeah, you know, of course. And I have experienced life, like, being outside my parents' home now and things of that nature, but I want to actually experience life, like, no school, you know, so. So there's an element that's playing into where maybe I'm not getting my PhD right now. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's commendable to the the point that you've taken it already. Thank you. Yeah, and I, yeah. That's awesome, man. So is, like, the goal for you to, like, work in a school or, like, a family life center or something or some place like that or a hospital? I want to work in a school. I want to work in a school. So preferably uh, middle high school level kids. I find that with younger kids, although I love younger kids on a personal level, in terms of working with them in an academic setting, they're a nightmare. (laughs) So I just, I, I kind of don't want to deal with that. I know my patience level. I don't want to, you know, deal with, like, kids who are younger and who have developmental needs. Like, I understand they're children, but understanding myself, knowing that I do not have the personality to adequately meet those needs, I don't want to put myself in a in a bad marriage, so to speak. So I find myself kind of leaning towards higher-level kids, middle school, high school kids. A lot of the work that I like to do is counseling-based. So working with kids and kind of talking to them um, is, is kind of what my forte is. I kind of, I prefer doing a lot of that. Yeah, and I, I feel like, I remember you telling me about, like, how you, I don't know if you did an internship at, like, a school in Cleveland or helped out with the, in the psychology. Like, what, what drew you to helping out with kids in particular? Or is there, like, a certain age demographic that, like, really speaks mm-hmm. to you? Or, like, what, like, why do you like, I don't know, I, I guess in a, in a plain sense, like, why do you like helping yeah helping younger people so much just because they don't have a chance and you're you're trying to be that like mentor figure for them or that's a good question man the the honest answer i'm gonna be quite honest with you i got i got paid so when, right, I, was right. under, when I was an undergrad I, I wanted a job and i was at cleveland state they have jobs like openings and stuff and one of the jobs that was offered to me um, was being a tutor, uh, a reading like assistant at uh, Michael R. White Public School, which is a, a school like right in the hood of Cleveland. So I said, why the, you know, why the hell not? I was getting paid a lot of money to do it. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. Uh, and I only went two days a week, so it was fine. Um, I found myself being really good at kind of imposing authority, but in a gentle sense. Yeah. And I didn't really notice. I never knew that about me. Uh, I thought I would just kind of go in there and kind of teach kids and then leave. And it ended up being they needed another body to potentially unofficially substitute kids, kind of being a, a teacher's aide. Um, so I was like, you know, I, I, some days I was the gym teacher. Um, you know, it was, it was like really good. And I, I built a lot of personal relationships at the school. Um, you know, a lot of them like, yo, like, we don't have the money to pay you. We can't, you know, but we really need another body. I'm like, I love it here. Don't worry about it. Right. Um, so like building, building that relationship, I felt like was essential. Um, and kind of just, it, it was interesting seeing me in a predominantly African American world. 
like yes i'm a minority but i mean let's not beat around the bush my you know south asian people are among one of the most racist in the world like as, you know not to make generalizations but my experience especially talking to a lot of the older generation of my demographic um it is highly racist yeah hell yes it is and yeah you know that, i that find it really, very that was really interesting for me to find out like i that was you know it not not in like you know like oh like i'm glad i have that information but like i just i guess i never thought about that you know because typically mm-hmm. like when people think of like racism they're like oh like like old white people like people don't mm-hmm. typically think of other cultures being like thinking and feeling that way towards other cultures like you know what i mean so that was like yeah. i was like whoa like are you serious <laughs> yeah no i mean and listen like not to of course are there people who aren't bigoted who aren't racist yes um, I'm talking specifically about my experience right. and my talking to people and people in my extended family. Um, there is a lot of racist values. Absolutely, there is. And with every culture, there is colorism. So even if you're not black, for example, if you're darker skinned than another person, you're, you're going to get memed. You're going to get made fun of. And I'm sure that may be common in different cultures, but that is something that happens in mine. So seeing, having that perspective and coming into this world and seeing how these kids were just so welcoming and warm to me, many of the kids saying, you know, like this one little girl who I don't have, obviously I'm not in contact with her because I don't want to look like a creep, she's eight years old, but um, she, you know, she, she, it was interesting, she told me, you know, can you date my mom? And I said, you know, no, like why? And she was like, because I want you to be my dad, like, you know, my real dad sucks. And that just kind of hit me because I was like, you know, like these kids don't see, you know, they don't see it yet. They don't see a lot of the systemic color issues in America. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, we have people of my own demographic coming to this country and shitting on other people. And and it's, it's you know, it's not right. Like I said, like not everybody's like that. Of course, there's not. And we have our own issues. Like, you know, everybody knows. But, um, it, you know, I think that with racism and, and bigotry, there, there's no excuse for that, you know, like, there, there's no excuse for that. So, so seeing how these kids were just so warm and welcoming to me kind of inspired that in me. I was like, yo, like, these kids are loving to me and they don't even know me with that. So I think that that was a humbling moment. I ended up being at the school for three years um, nice. in my undergrad, just kind of working there. And it was it was good time. And I ended up, especially in my last year, I ended up working overtime and not getting paid for it. Uh, because I just loved the class I was in so much. Um, so it was just a really good experience overall. Um, I don't regret it at all. And I definitely see myself working in that type of population um, in the future. But I think that overall, like, I mean, you know, I didn't join the field because I was just so passionate about social justice and children. I joined the field because I got paid. You know, I'm not, let's not beat around the so, bush. So but it was, it, so was kind of something, something. It was kind of, yeah, something that, Grew, you, you grew fond over to the point where would you say it's like a passion now or yeah. yeah yeah like I don't it's funny I'm passionate about it when I'm not around people who are my own peers mm-hmm. when I'm in grad school and all they're talking about is right. assessments and right. special education it's like yo can we talk about <laughs> you know anything else can we talk about the Avengers movie can we talk about like literally anything else so, yeah I don't really talk about our field often with my own colleagues, but when I'm around, you know, anybody else, I, I find myself being very fun about it. So right. It's kind of weird. I'm kind of weird about that. No, that, that's a good point. I know at first you started out with, like, wanting to pursue journalism. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's like what what changed in that sense? Like what changed from journalism to your interest in psychology? Well, I started out in biomedical, um, you know, engineer uh, or not biomedical, uh, biomedicine, uh, medical route, excellent state because that's what my parents wanted me to do, and I didn't want to necessarily start off college on a, on a foot to make, kind of make a mess. So I did that, um, but you know, the classes, not only were they difficult, but they just weren't me. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm fortunate to be, uh, how I learn and how I receive knowledge is, you know, is how the education system in America works. So I've been privileged in that regard. I can learn stuff in a lecture and a textbook and just know it. I know a lot of people don't learn like that. So that's not me saying I'm smarter than anybody else. I just have the skills to be a little bit more successful in that way. Right. Um, that's just how I learned. Um, but so I could have gone through those classes easily because that's how those classes were taught. But it wasn't me. I don't care about endocrine systems. I don't care about, you know, bacterial fusion environments. I, this is not me. And I'm not disrespecting those who go into that field because, I mean, look at coronavirus right now. We need that. Yeah. But for me, it's just not me. So I realized I didn't want to do it. I went into journalism because, you know me, I'm very passionate about social justice. So I wanted to go into the field and break stories and write. And journalism is something I'm still kind of, you know, maybe in the future I might pursue it, uh, but we'll, we'll see. But I ended up not doing journalism because I felt like I was kind of wasting my time with a lot of classes because mm. I felt I wanted a security like journalism is a very unforgiving field. I kind of wanted security coming out of college that I knew what I was getting into. Right. And I felt like I didn't really know what I was getting into with journalism. It was very, it wasn't like in the movies and, you know, entertainment. So I, I was kind of scared of that, which, you know, is right. Cause that means I wasn't in it for the right, right reasons. Um, and then I kind of went into psychology cause that's what everybody does when they don't know what they're going to do with their life. And I just kind of fell is into that it. Like, and I, like I had, a, a, I had an abnormal psych class and. <laughs> You know, I learned a lot, and here I am. I just kind of fell into it. I got lucky. Nice. Do you meet? Yeah, did, you, did you meet anyone through pursuing that that you're glad that you like cross paths with? Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Sheree Noster is a professor at Cleveland State. Um, she she's Arab background um, too. Uh, not I'm not Arabic, but there's a lot of cultural similarities. So, I I uh, I noticed. That I, you know, I found myself emailing her, asking her questions about undergrad questions, things of that nature, and uh, oh, I got a notification. Uh, and um, so it was, it was really nice to see somebody be passionate about like this field and actually give me the time and day of being an undergrad, you know. Um, so I thought it was interesting. And then her being an ex school psych herself, now she teaches people to become school psychs. Um, I was like, I'm interested in this. I want to learn more. Um, so she kind of put me on this path. And then also, you know, I, I had a lot of, I had a lot of like personal issues going on, a lot of demons I was, you know, dealing with at the time. And she kind of walked me through that. So, and she didn't have to being, you know, in a, you know, dealing with an undergrad student, you know, not even a graduate student. So, uh, she definitely kept me mentally sane. And I, and I want to, I want to log into my old Cleveland Stadium. Because I had an old like one, I forget what it was. Yeah. Uh, but it, it it said you know there was like a powerful email where she sent me where it said you know, um, you know I missed your graduation day, but you're gonna change the world and you know keep doing what you're doing. And I don't know if I'm actually gonna change the world. I'm you know I, I want to and but I ha and I have to work hard for that. But just seeing somebody actually believe in me, 
uh, really went a long way. So if I if I had to say anybody kind of put me on this path, it'd definitely be her. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's awesome to see people that are like filled with passion for social justice and fighting against injustice. I mean, shoot, like I married somebody who's like, that's like, she's all about fighting against injustice. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm telling you, man, like, once all this thing's over, like, you guys need to hang out more because dude is like, like she gets sometimes, sometimes I think she's actually like, like, I mean, I guess she is mad, but it's like, she gets so passionate. She's just like, I can't believe this is happening. Like we need to fight and stand up and do something about this. And it's, and you know, it's, it's really admirable. I'm like, dang, man, like when people have that fire inside them for like, like, no, like this isn't okay. Like we need yeah. to do something about it. And I see how you do it with like your posts on Instagram and stuff or, or you'll be yeah. calling people out and just like, like, no, like I don't give a crap what anyone else says. Like, this is this is not okay. This is not right, and I'm sure you've had your countless people call you out or try to get in Facebook fights or unfollow you. And absolutely, <laughs> you know, I, it's it's funny. You know, when I was younger, especially in high school, I would try to change people's opinions. Yeah. Now I, it's like I'm making people aware of my opinions. Like, I, you know, like, you can't have a conversation with somebody if they don't want to be persuaded. You know? Right. Um, and so, you know, you can only get so much with that. But what I can do is say, this is my opinion. This is, like, facts to back up why I feel the way that I do. And, you know, I'm if you say anything that's socially wrong, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit back and, you know, let you say whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Um, you know, I which think is that, good. No, which is you know, good, dude. Because there's so many people that are just super passive. Yeah. Or, or they're like keyboard. They're little keyboard warriors, and they think they're like you know hot crap, sharing all these memes and posting these things. And then someone like you is like, "Hey, I'm gonna put you in your place and freaking rock bottom you." Like, <laughs> we're gonna stone cold stunner RKO six one nine. No, I mean it's it, you know it's. I understand, like, social media presence is, like, very powerful, but at the end of the day, you got to actually go out of your room and do something. Right. And at Oxford, like, Miami University, um, I'm not going to lie, it's not the most progressive campus. It's not the most racially diverse campus. Um, I didn't have any problems with racism or, or bigotry in my department. Everybody has been very welcoming and warm. Uh, but in terms of like the university overall, I have to be honest with you, it's not exactly the most welcoming and safe place um, for minority populations, just keeping it real. So I think that, and in like ways of commentary, you know, I'm walking, you know, down the, the street, they go the other side of the, you know, crosswalk, start walking. Uh, you know, I had a big ass beard like last, you know, a couple of Novembers ago in 2018. And, you know, people would say, you know, like stuff like that. Oh, so, yeah. Um, and a lot of it is like drunk undergraduates, so I don't take it too, too seriously. But at the same time, this isn't necessarily things you would see in, say, downtown Cleveland also. So yeah. being kind of aware of that, um, you know, when I was at uh, Miami earlier in the year in uh, November, there was a, a, a walk, like a, a rally to protest um, a lot of Trump's affirmative actions. And I was like, you know, this is my time. You know, like I, I always criticize them, I always roast them. I always say, hey, this is what it is. Um, and even myself, I was like, you know, uh, I was feeling a little fear, a little apprehension because I'm like, yo, I, I actually got to do this. Thing. Right. Um, but you know, I went with a couple of my friends, Alex and Joe, 
and uh, you know we went and we did the walk and it was like two in the morning and we did it um, and it, it was it was really good it was really powerful to see you know people actually being able to come together and, and, and talk about it but it's not even just about you know political things it's going to be little things too if you're passionate about like a sports team like if your sports team has a terrible owner you know protesting that you're actually doing something about that if you're passionate about like you know me i hate the spider-man movies that are coming out now. <laughs> like uh, you know like actually doing something about that you know doing podcasts about that bringing light to white feel about an opinion Is i feel vindicated about the new star wars yeah. you know like trilogy like the last jedi you know me i've been ripping this movie for years <laughs> and everybody thought i was a hater and you know i'm not saying it's because of me but i feel like a lot more people are a lot more comfortable ripping on the last jedi because this movie also flopped as well so there's a lot of vindication there. Like I've been saying this, I've been making posts about it, I've been making videos about it, I've been tagging people. Yeah. I've been actually trying to do something about this. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be social justice, but as long as you feel passionate about anything, you know, try to change something about it. I mean, not. I don't want to turn this into a Spider-Man rant, but I just feel like Toby, Toby is the has the best movies by far. Um, <laughs> Uh, Toby has the best movies by far. Um, Toby represents what Spider-Man means in terms of responsibility and, and actually like having good actions and having emotional character moments. The Andrew Garfield films were, you know, like they were made to prevent Marvel from getting the rights back. So I disregard those movies. They yeah. were made out of spite. And the Tom Holland movies, I feel like could be really, really good because Tom Holland is a good actor. But I feel like how they're writing his character, they're making him Iron Boy Jr. Right. So you can right. do something like, you know, I can do something about that. I can, you know, make videos, I can share posts, I can have podcasts and upload them. Yeah, no, I mean, to try to bring awareness to yeah, it. Yeah, and without getting too off topic, I mean, it kind of links in a way because, you know, it with with what what you are as a person and the fact that you're passionate about psychology and you're passionate about standing up for like social justice and standing against injustice, the fact that you'll like that I've seen in the past, you'll like you'll tweet, you know, the people would be like yo like this isn't okay and like you're not afraid to like even go up and, and say what's on your mind you know like yeah. you don't you don't have to complain about it to everyone else like if it's that much of a pressing issue you know mm -hmm. where, where you're like a like a long time follower you'd be like yo you need to re rewrite this whole character you yeah. know probably no, like I mean, probably like the same thing that happened with sonic <laughs> man like, I, I don't even want to get on that <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's little things too, you know, like, and I understand there's like, I think it's really easy to call out celebrities, but it's a lot harder to call out your family and friends. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I think that, you know, like I was very critical on LeBron James for, because his, his whole thing is, you know, um, you know, more than an athlete stand up. And I agree with that, but I feel like that, that stance was weakened. Uh, when he refused to talk about the China situation with like how a lot of the Chinese government oppresses a lot of the Hong Kong people. Yeah. And LeBron literally tweeted and refused that. Like, I don't know the facts. I'm not going to talk about it. And technically you have the right to do that. I'm not necessarily criticizing that. What I'm saying is the, the fire and the anger and the passion that you had against President Trump and rightfully so did not go to China. And I just find that it's very, very convenient, especially when you have a lot of money coming from Right. So I think that, you know, I can only take more than an athlete seriously so much. I, I understand that it's different for me because I'm not black. So, you know, to like a lot of 
you know, you know, black people, LeBron is, you know, very passionate and I understand why would they necessarily care about what's going on in China when they have their own issues here. So I'm not faulting anybody, but just for me, my personal investment being, you know, the Muslim background, seeing how China oppresses a lot of people over there of that, you know, the religion and seeing how like our hero LeBron refused to talk on our behalf, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So now I understand he doesn't give a shit about what I have to say. <laughs> He's never going to see this. But, it, it, you know, it's I've had conversations with that with some of my very, very close friends, like at Cleveland State, who, who are, you know, with all due respect, they're bronze sexuals. Like, he can do no wrong, you know? Like, yeah. having friends like, like that as well. Um, but not being afraid to have those conversations and say, yo, I, I know you love LeBron, I know he's very important to you, but he's on some fuck shit, you know? So, yeah, no, I mean, that's, so. and that's, why, that's why I really... You know what what drew me to you as a person and why i think if you end up pursuing being a school psychologist why you'll be or even get into like you know um therapy or something like that you know i've always thought you'd be a good fit for that because you're not afraid to like you know in in the heat of the moment like call people out on their on their crap be like like no like this is what's happening you need to listen to me and you need to like you know cut the shit so like and but like you do it in a way where like like people know that your intentions are good like people know that you're just not trying to be an a-hole but it but it's like you sure still have this fire to you where you're like like no like man i'm serious but then then you you can also like switch your dial back and like talk from a place of like understanding and empathy and like and administer care which is like something that so many dudes like can't do and something that so many guys are incapable of i'm finding out more and more is like yeah. it's like all all of the young guys you know our age like 23 25 like dude we're great at screaming and cussing and yelling and like being intimidating at least most of us try uh but you know like we're like a lot of us are like bad at just like being sympathetic and emotional and like yeah. just just human beings around people and we, we have to we feel like we have to like keep ourselves in the shell and defend our our pride and we have such big egos which is like i'm so glad that that you know how to like you know how to live in both worlds like the world where like hey listen to me like i'm passionate about this like i'm not backing down but also like oh my gosh like i can't believe that happened to you like these are the steps we need to take to heal which is like which is so good especially if you're entering a field of psychology or therapy because nobody wants to get therapy or talk to from a person who's just a biased a-hole and doesn't under, it doesn't give a crap about how the other person feels no i mean thank you for the kind words man yeah uh, i appreciate it i think a part of it is maturity so i kind of developed my you know, growing up, I was very opinionated. It was my way or you're wrong. Yeah. And I think that I kind of grew out of that and I realized it's okay for me to be wrong, but if I'm going to be right or wrong, there has to be evidence for me to talk about anything that I'm talking about. And so I think that, you know, especially as men and, you know, like not to disrespect anybody or throw anybody under the bus, but I wasn't necessarily raised in a very emotional household. I wasn't necessarily raised in a very 
you know, huggy, you know, kisses every night, I love you type of household. Right. Uh, which I definitely have a lot of resentment for because I do want that, you know, like, like yeah. what the hell? Like, am I not deserving of love and attention as well? And I think the biggest, you know, frustration is when I see people like, oh, well, people show it in different ways <laughs> without realizing that people have different needs as well. Right. You know, like just, just say, just say you find it awkward to show affection and we can be done with the conversation, but don't cop out and say, oh, they, they do this for you, they do that for you. Like, come on, you're going to talk with a grown man, you want to talk with an adult, use facts, please. So I think that's frustrating. Uh, but in terms of being a man, you, you have to be okay with being emotional. And there's a difference between being emotional and being histrionic. And, you know, like there's a guy, I don't want to, you know, say his name in case there might be any problems for you, but there's a guy that we both know, who start, his name starts with a Q, who's very oh. Exactly. <laughs> and he's very emotional, but he's also very, very toxic. So being able to kind of feel like with, with you know, yeah. having your emotional side and being passionate about it, but also realizing that you're imposing other people's will. You know, kind of balancing that. You know, growing up, I was very much like, it's my way. I'm right. What are you talking about? Yeah. And now it's like, even though I may feel the same way where I'm like, you're wrong. I, I'm like, you know, tell me more. I want to hear your, your opinion. And if your opinion is just, I'm right. then it's like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm going back to plan two pay or something. Right, right. <laughs> there's no point, you know, there, there's no, there's no point about it. You know? So it's kind of developing that. I, and I honestly feel like I kind of developed that because growing up, I knew what I wanted. Yeah. You know, I kind of knew that I wanted, you know, to be hugged and adored and, you know, wanting to be kissed all the time. And, you know, being praised all the time and not being ripped on, I wanted that. So, so I became the older brother that I wish I had for other people. And I think that that was very important, having that self-realization, which I don't know where it came from, um, you know, <laughs> I, I truly don't know. Uh, but, you know, just kind of having that self-realization and realizing that it's okay to be wrong, but at the same time, it's okay to also feel strongly about what you believe, like, to, not to bring it back to movies, but it's, it's a light topic, so I feel like I can talk about it without making anybody who's watching this emotional charge, but, you know, I can talk about why Star Wars sucks, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I, there are people who vehemently disagree with me and say that it's going in the right direction. And I can, you know, I can pull up all the facts, talk about finances, talk about whatever, but at the end of the day, if they truly love this new iteration of Star Wars, I mean, I had my time, you know, I had my original trilogy, I had the prequel movies, I had the cartoons, so I can't necessarily be too, too mad about it because I had my time. And so kind of realizing that it's okay to be at peace sometimes, it's okay to be selective in choosing your battles, you know, I think that's important. Yeah, no, and it, for sure, you know, that's only something that someone with maturity would say and it's just again like it's refreshing that it's refreshing that you've gotten to the point where you can have conversations with people and you know and like i said and still understanding empathy but also staying your ground which is i think just more people need to be like that man like i'm just like honestly Thank dude you. like i'm just so tired of and and I'll probably end up doing a whole podcast on this, but just like I'm, I'm so tired of like, of, like, young dudes just like playing this like I'm too tough to cry card or like I'm too tough yeah. to open up, like and, and and display my emotions or I'm too good for therapy like dude, like that's such BS man and it's like, 
and it's, it's almost like I just want to call people out on their crap sometimes. I'm just like, dude, like, you're not any less of a person if you just, you know, admit that you need help. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes you more of a person or more of a man to, like, understand what you're going through and acknowledge it and man up to it instead of just trying yeah. to hide under under your, uh, you know, your your fake hairline or your, your fake yeah. muscles all day or your spray tan yeah. or whatever the heck people hide on there. Yeah. No, you're right about that, man. Like, you know, I, you know, I needed help, you know, coming out of undergrad, coming into grad school. I needed a lot of help, uh, you know, with a lot of my anger problems and a lot of my, just a lot of rage and resentment I had built up. So I definitely went to a counselor, you know, I went for the whole year, um, you know, it's, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay to be, you know, um, broken down. But I also feel like it's, you know, you have to, you have to take that step for yourself. You know, yeah. like no one can help you if you don't help yourself. And, you know, thankfully I have never had any suicide ideation. Thankfully I have never had any thoughts in my head, but I know, I mean, we probably both know many people who have, and yeah. it's because of this, it's because of this bullshit reason of, you know, I, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to do that. At the end of the day, my friend, you're hurting yourself. Right. And, and the, the real question is, do you want to keep doing that? So that's, it really, it's not, you know, I would urge anybody, you know, please seek help. Please talk to somebody. And I would urge them to talk to the right people. Because going back to what you said earlier, there's a lot of shitty people who don't care. So yeah. <laughs> talk to the right people, you know, get the help that you need. And it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to cry. You know, everybody, like, I cry every night. Like, on my Snapchat, always complaining or ranting about something. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's okay to feel that way. You know, you should never feel faulted for feeling that. For sure. No, yeah, thanks. I gotta, I gotta end, end the, the podcast, but thanks again mm-hmm. for, for jumping on and talking with me. And it was, it's great to see you, man. I always, yeah, not at it's all, always man. an honor to hear what you have to say and, uh, you know, you I'm glad that likewise. I'm glad that we're still friends. You know, fast forward six years later, so it's been more than six, right? Seven, maybe seven. 2013, 2013. Uh, senior because we graduated. Yeah, you're 15. right. Yeah, it was the seven years. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely got to catch up, man. For sure. For sure. But, don't move away too far. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about moving to Miami, Florida, man. It's nice down there, you know. It's it's tropical, you know. Like Brianna likes it down there as well, you know. So we've been talking about it. Yeah, man. If you find if you find a good place down there, we might have to join you and be your neighbors. Hell yeah! Why not? <laughs> that that'd be that'd be awesome. Why why the hell not? You know, that'd, that'd be awesome. South Beach, nice weather. Yeah. You know, it work. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast with my good friend Z. It was definitely um, a change of pace for a lot of the recent podcast episodes, but I'm so honored to have recorded with him, and I plan on doing more in the future, whether it's over Zoom calls or um, eventually in person. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I'm so excited to bring you next week's podcast episode. Have a great night, guys.